0: It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat. These are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your host, Justin and Robbie. Hello, this is Robbie with the Golden
1: Hours Adventure Podcast. I'm excited to chat with today's guest, Janie Curtis from Cody, Wyoming. JD is a race director for different types of events. She hosts the Cody Beer Mile, a gravel bike race, a 1250K. And a winter beer fest. You can find her races at Run Cody, Wyoming. Now, on to the show. Hello, welcome to the Golden Hour Adventures. Today Hello. we have Janie Curtis from Cody, Wyoming, race director extraordinaire. You've been in Cody for 15 years now?
2: Yeah, howdy. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. Bro, she started off with a howdy. <laughs> are, are, we, are we sure she's from Wyoming and not like Texas or?
2: Well, I did grow up in Kansas. Oh,
0: okay, that's where the howdy comes from, I'm like, bro. I just I feel like all your Wyomians—is that what you call them, Wyomians?
2: Um, I guess I don't know. I'm, I've been here 15 years, but I'm still apparently not a local. So,
0: yeah, freaking transplant. You <laughs> said howdy right off the get go. Did so you say you grew up in Kansas?
2: Yeah, Lawrence, Kansas.
0: Lawrence, <laughs> where's that at in the state?
2: so lawrence is like the northeast corner of kansas it's kind of uh like 45 minutes from kansas city it's like the liberal oasis of kansas um not that i'm a liberal per se but it's uh where the university of kansas is so it's got a lot of culture it's also um being that kansas is like the middle of the country there was a lot of like Bands that would come through Lawrence, Kansas and play. So I grew up with a lot of like live music.
1: Was that like the bottleneck or something like that?
2: Yeah, the bottleneck. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of bands that I've wanted to see play at the bottleneck.
2: (sighs) Yeah, but the bottleneck is like classic Lawrence. The, yeah, it's, it's the best.
1: So what took you to Wyoming?
2: Um, so I was living in Colorado before I moved here and just took a road trip, um, up through Wyoming to visit a friend in Montana. And when I was coming back through my job in Colorado was seasonal. And so I was just looking for work and, uh, got my boss's name through a few different people and gave her a call. And, uh, we talked on the phone for about a week or so. And then I just came out and yeah started working
1: nice how long were you in Colorado for
2: um just like six months I worked kind of a spring summer fall seasonal job at a summer camp there taking kids hiking and backpacking
0: nice what kind of job are you doing and when you go going to Wyoming
2: so when I got the job in Wyoming, it was uh, <clears throat> it's I work on a ranch. It's a private guest ranch um, on the South Fork. So I live about an hour from town on a dead end road, and uh, I worked in the barn, kind of just doing like horse stuff, riding, um, hauling a lot of hay. I hauled a lot of hay, um, and we bring guests out to the ranch. And so I will take guests hiking and horseback riding and that kind of thing.
3: Nice. So were you an athlete as a
1: child? Did you do any sports?
3: Um,
2: Yeah. So I grew up playing soccer. I played club soccer and uh, school soccer. And then I went to a very small new uh, private junior high and high school where I grew up. And so, um, unfortunately I didn't really get to like use and excel in sports, but, um, on the flip side, I had to like play every freaking sport, um, at the school because there was like 11 kids in my class. So, um, I played, I played soccer there. I played volleyball, basketball, um, but yeah, I grew up primarily playing soccer and, which is kind of funny now because like running was always a punishment for soccer and a lot of sports. So, um, yeah, I didn't really get into running until my adult life.
1: It's funny you say that. I've been I've a lot of conversations with people talking about how they use, you know, they played football or soccer and running was the, the discipline for messing up.
2: Exactly. And, yeah
0: no
1: one wants well, to run because of that
0: well a lot of my running friends have the exact same problem like they're like why do you run so much and i'm just yeah. like i love it and they're like you know they associate running with punishment and it's like it's crazy that that that's that was the mantra it probably still is i mean it was when i was in sports you know 20 years ago yeah. but well, i don't know i mean i'm still in sports but not football
1: <laughs> <laughs> i remember when football would mess up and i didn't mind running i'd go do a couple laps around the track
3: <laughs> oh man. Oh
1: man. <laughs> so how would you get into running?
2: Um so I I dated a guy back when I was in college and he was like a Ironman, a triathlete and an ultramarathoner and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is that is really cool. And so I also knew that, you know, you can't like sports are really hard to continue when you're an adult and out of high school and out of like the organized structure of it. So I kind of realized I had to find something else that worked just for me where and when I wanted and needed it. So, um, I started running and, you know, seeing I had never, uh, known about trail running or ultra running and kind of meeting him and seeing uh that whole new world I was like oh my gosh this is like pretty cool so (laughs) that's kind of how I started that was like in 2000 and um
1: 2008 maybe what were you you running in the beginning just smaller mileage or
2: um well before i met before i met him i wasn't running at all (laughs) so i did my very first race um in tucson arizona where i was going to school and i actually had kind of a panic attack in the car like on the way to the race and it was not even like a super competitive race it was the sabino canyon sunset run it was like a seven mile you know race run that was like three and a half miles uphill in this canyon paved and then you know three and a half miles down but i had just never like uh done a race before i didn't i don't even think they were race bibs like it was super informal um but i freaked the fuck out i don't even know if i can say fuck <laughs> on this podcast but you go like, for it <laughs> I, <laughs> I like freaked out so um, yeah. So that was kind of my first thing with the running.
1: How'd you feel after that race?
2: Um, gosh, I think I felt great. I don't really, uh, I don't really remember. I mean, I finished, I think I finished like middle of the pack and I was super happy. And I just remember, <clears throat> I remember going into that race and like, seeing people on course and it was kind of my first introduction to racing and it was a good one because like I saw people on the course that like didn't look like runners and kicked my ass and so it was just kind of nice to see like there is not like a like that road running stereotype of runners um you know You can be strong and you can be a really amazing runner and not be 90 pounds and you know super lean. So stick figures. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I mean I have a belly and I still run. So you know.
2: (laughs) I feel like the belly helps because you got your glycogen store for the long haul. That's what I
0: that's what I like to tell myself, anyways. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Got a nice little shelf
1: <laughs> so what was your next race after the seven miler
2: um oh gosh i think i did a couple races so after i lived in tucson i moved to california for a brief stint with that ex-boyfriend um moved to four which is the military base near monterey california and i think i did a couple races around there um they were shorter they were uh you know probably between five and ten miles i can't remember um exactly those were actually trail races and i think i finished middle of the pack it's i'm sure it's on ultra sign up somewhere um but those were super fun and Um, right before I left California, I had signed up for the Big Sur Marathon, which would have been my very first marathon, uh, the Big Sur Trail Marathon. So it was a trail race marathon. And right before I got to run it, I broke up with that guy and left town. So I didn't actually get to do that race. But, um, that was kind of the beginning of my running slash, especially trail running um stint so yeah it was a good time and uh yeah but my first ultra marathon ended up being the bighorn 32 miler the 50k in sheridan
0: it's a big race
1: how'd that one go
2: um it was great i think the first time i did that it was in 2010 maybe and it was It was awesome. I definitely am the kind of racer that um, I can look at uh, profiles and maps and, you know, I can know what I'm getting into, but it's hard for me to, like, fully train and, like, push myself until I've done it once before. So the first time I did Bighorn, it was great. I I think I finished in, like, 645 or 648 or something, and uh, I... I don't know if I was talking to you guys about this. I can't remember, but um ended up feeling like I had to go to the bathroom, like really bad on the trail. So I stopped for like 20 minutes, like <laughs> trying to go to the bathroom and it was like not happening. And so, um, yeah, I kind of learned like when it comes to trail racing and ultra running, like you never know what your body is going to do. So
1: very true. <laughs> I saw you then uh never summer 2015 was that the first year?
2: Yeah, so never summers I did um the first year which was I think was 2015 was the first year it happened and it was my first 100k um I had done bighorn several years so I had like the 50k distance like I felt good I felt confident it was like raceable for me. And so I signed up for Never Summers because mostly because I uh, grew up in those mountains and like backpacking to those spots that were like on the trail. So I was super excited to see that they had trail race. Um, and it was a good opportunity for me to expand my mileage. And so I signed up for it. And yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was really hard. It was, it was good. And uh, my now husband, I had... I signed up for the race when I was single and started dating him like right after I signed up for, and he was like, turns out he is like a crewing boss. He (laughs) like printed off all the maps for me, like handed me this like manila envelope with a pen and like all my stuff in there for me. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this isn't like how I operate, but uh, (laughs) I did. And like mile 50 I was like I don't know if I can finish it and he was like you're gonna finish you're gonna fucking finish like so yeah I finished
0: <laughs> that's a tough race what is it like 15 or sixteen thousand feet in a in 100k or something like that
2: oh gosh I don't even know um I just remember that like the first 10 Oh well, gosh, maybe the first 20 miles are like all climbing and you peak like three or four mountains and like, like you, Justin had post about the crazy mountain ultra about how there being no trail. Um, that's kind of how never summers was for a lot of like the first couple peaks that you climb. Uh, <laughs> you're just like going up, following flags, like creating your own switchbacks or not, whatever.
0: That's crazy. Uh, I'd never seen a race like that I was blown away
2: (laughs) that's what makes it fun though right
0: I mean it was a blast don't get me wrong I I think it's such a cool like kind of gives an old school feel to it but yeah it was it was it was absolutely crazy so
2: (laughs) yeah
1: 50k and jumped right into 100k skipped a 50 miler.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the same, right? Like 50 miles. Sure. Day. I mean, if you don't know the difference, uh, yeah,
3: yeah, I, right.
2: I, I mean, I love Bighorn, but I had already done like a lot of the 50 mile course with the 50 K. So I was like, Oh, I'm gonna try something different. And, um, yeah, it was an awesome race. And, you know, I did it the first year in 2015 and then I did it again in 2016. And again, just like knowing how I operate, like the second year was way better because I kind of knew what to anticipate. And my body was just like, okay, I know like when to push, when not to push all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. It looks like you took three hours off
2: yeah 2015
1: (laughs) to 16 yeah yeah and your your gender place was seventh that's awesome
2: thank you yeah it was good it was um that was kind of my first experience uh especially it was kind of like the crazy mountains this year um where when i did never summers it was the very first year they had that race and so it's like I don't know like what's going to happen. And there's no like, uh, like what's the finisher rate or what's the dropout rate or the DNF rate or whatever. Um, You just don't really know. So it's.
0: You created it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Kind of of makes it more fun. I think. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I haven't run a first year race yet. I think it'd be exciting to to go out and do a first year race.
1: Well, when your hundred K's got a 24 hour cutoff, that tells you something
0: yeah you know it's going to be hard I think that first year cutoff was like or that first year um, they had to extend the cutoff didn't they because it was yeah, I think so. they were kind of anticipating it to be an easier course and it was a lot harder than they thought kept having to push the cutoff back
2: for which one?
0: never summer I think
2: oh yeah I don't know I guess I don't remember I,
0: I heard rumors on that first year that it was a lot harder than what they originally anticipated and so they kept having to push the times back
2: I don't know. I yeah, do remember. Like 24 yeah.
0: plus hours out there.
2: Yeah. I do remember uh, when I saw how many people dropped out, I was like, holy shit. And, <laughs> and I think like, um, you know, looking back, like I said, like the first 10 to 20 miles were the hardest part. And then the last, you know, the remaining like miles after that were a lot of like flat and marshy and just like, flat and then like the last 10 miles were just this like steady uphill grind on like forest service road that had like um tree stumps like you know like little Mm. trees like this high that they'd cut off and you're Mm. like in your ankle and it's the dark and (laughs) you can't kick them i mean you could but well
1: i mean not on purpose (laughs) yeah
2: yeah exactly (laughs) Yeah, so, no, it was it was super interesting and uh, yeah, I uh, it was a lot of fun and I think being at the Crazy Mountain Ultra last weekend like it uh, reminded me kind of just that that excitement of like the first year race and like holy shit like I'm you know you're part of something.
0: Does that get you uh, get you get to do something crazy? <laughs>
2: Um, yeah. Crazy. I don't know about 500. Yeah,
0: that's kind of what I was hinting at. Does that give you something crazy? I've been talking to a lot of people to include your primary, uh, your primary interviewer host today. I've been talking to him about going out there.
2: Are you guys going to do it next year?
0: Uh, no, I will not be out there.
2: That was like, that sounded like a hard no. That was a
0: hard no for me. But Robbie... I'm thinking about it.
2: Ooh. I think you should. Yeah. I think you should. I think y'all should She's run
1: it together. Closer, and closer every day. <laughs> I just gotta wait for registration to open up and then just bite that bullet and do it. Ooh.
2: Yeah, you should. Yep.
1: Do you have any aspirations to run
0: a hundred miler? Um.
2: I, you know.
0: That tells you everything right there. She didn't immediately say no. That's it right there. Yep.
2: <laughs> um. I, I definitely am not against hundred miles and, you know, the more, um, that I have crewed and paced for Brian at races hundreds and 200 miler and, um, the more that it seems fun and attainable, but I also, uh, uh you know, Brian? I like,
0: you mentioned Brian, oh, that?
2: Brian Hess. F- father Hess, that we uh that we- <laughs>
0: i was trying to lead her on she didn't really get it uh brian is a, brian is someone we'll have on a another podcast but he's a uh a pretty crazy ultra runner so you'll hear from him yeah. in a couple of a couple, couple episodes.
1: which uh which 200 did you crew for brian
2: uh bigfoot bigfoot yeah how'd that go Um, It was great. Yeah, I crewed and paced for him. I kind of like fucked up a little bit because there was one instance where like we were taking a nap on the trail and like it was kind of raining and like I was setting my phone alarm, but I forgot to like actually press start. (laughs) So we were going for like a 15 minute nap and it was like a 30 or 45 minute nap. (laughs) Well,
0: at least it wasn't an eight hour
1: nap. That would have been Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it's a 200 miler. I'm sure there was plenty of time left.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but yeah, no, it was a great race and yeah. The more I do those kinds of things, like um, they're super fun and the distance is like super attainable um, and seeing Brian like just power through it is really inspiring. So Yeah.
1: So right, transition over to your race directing. <laughs> okay.
2: How did you get into race directing? Oh, man. I, uh, back in 2017, I had a couple friends that kind of were, were like, you know, we need to just, like, have a half marathon in Cody, like a road race in Cody, and, like, you need to do it. And I kind of heard mumblings of, like, someone else was like maybe going to try to do it who like wasn't a local and wasn't even someone that lived in Cody full-time. And I was like, Oh, hell no. So, um, their encouragement and that I was like, okay, okay, I'll do this. So that's kind of how it started.
1: That was your first one.
2: Yeah. It's the Buffalo Bill Cody half marathon in 10 K, which is in September, September 17th this year. And, uh, September 17th. Okay. Yeah. So that was my first one. And, uh, you know, I'm not like a, a road runner. Um, it's not really,
3: <laughs> Thank my not way,
2: per se. <laughs> but, um, but Cody, I mean, as you guys know, Cody's a tourist town, it's one of the gateways to Yellowstone and, like it just boggled my mind that there wasn't like a big race here yet. Like there's no marathon. There wasn't a half marathon. So I was like, somebody needs to do this. And, you know, if there's not another like good local person to do it, like I may as well be the person to do it. So that's kind of how it started.
1: Nice. How many runners is that usually average?
2: Um, anywhere from like 90 to 150 so far. So well. a pretty big race then. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's good. And like this year I kind of made a big, bigger push and spent a little bit more money in advertising runner's world for three different issues. And so I've definitely seen, um, seen some benefit from that. So
1: you just seen registrations from across the country.
2: Yeah. Like all over the country. And I've always kind of marketed to people across the country and that's, I kind of, I market it as a vacation race. Um, and so, yeah, like, it's, it's so amazing to see people coming from all over the country. And, um, admittedly I have fought for the last six years against race medals because I, I personally like, don't like race medals. I just throw them away when I get them. So to me, they're like kind of a waste of money, but there is like a really big market for that. Like people, um, you know, travel around the country to do half marathons and they want their race medals. So this year for the first time ever, I am doing race medals. Nice. So we'll see how, uh, how that, how that works and what the response is for that. So
0: I think you'll have a positive. I think that that's a positive take because there are a lot of people that collect medals that enjoy yeah. them and I know, I mean, you know, being in that running community, I, I personally, I like metals cause it, it tells a story. So, you know, I have a big metal rack that hangs in my living room and I have tons of metals on there, but people come by and they haven't ever been to my house and they look at the metal and they're like, Oh, what is this one from? And boom, it, you know, it starts a conversation. So, you know, yeah, they're, they are just kind of like a, a piece that just stands or sits there, but at the same time, they are a conversation piece. And so I think that, you know, it's a great idea going to them personally. That's my opinion, but you know. I, I get the opinion of you know putting them in a drawer or throwing them away or give them to a kid, you know, but I, I hear stories of people getting hundred-mile buckles and they just throw them in the their drawer and I'm just like, no, put those things on a belt. You earn those guys, like wear them.
1: I've seen some
3: people's
0: yeah.
1: collections of their hundred mile buckles in a shoebox oh. up in the top of the closet. I'm like, why isn't it on the wall? I can't. Well, I don't care. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, I think uh yeah, like people want it. And uh so yeah, something new that I'm trying this year and I think uh I think it's gonna go off well. So what do they look like? Um, oh my gosh, I'll just send you a picture. They're pretty cool, like they're gonna be pretty awesome. Nice, <laughs>
1: nice. So I saw that you do the Cody Beermile. How did that, uh, how'd that become?
2: Yeah. So the beer mile, the Cody beer mile started in 2018. Um, This guy, Joe Condilis, who um, is like, he owns the beer distributing company in town, Tanager Beverages. So he um, started the Cody beer mile it's a it's the Friday night before the Yellowstone Beer Fest. So Yellowstone Beer Fest is like a huge beer festival here in Cody. It was started by a guy that works for Tanager, Trent Cole. And, uh, and so Joe decided to like, he just saw like that the beer mile is like a thing on, I don't know how he figured it out or found it, but he was like, okay, we should have a beer mile. So he did it and <clears throat> started it in 2018 he had emailed me and was like, Hey, you know, I know you do races in town. Like, could you maybe like kind of just give me some guidance on this race? And I was like, yeah, sure. So, um, gave him a few like pointers and tips. And, um, I ended up running it that year in 2018 with my husband. Uh, and I guess he was my soon to be husband then. And, uh, I have to say, of like the ultras and shitty shit that I've run in my past, like the Cody beer mile, the beer mile in general is the only race I've ever done where like after four years, I'm still like, I don't know if I ever needed to do that one again, <laughs> ever. <laughs> it was, I threw it I did three the, times.
1: Oh no. The Leadville beer mile and I know how you feel. I I've finish. never after done one. Years, I
0: was done. I've never oh done god!
2: One. Oh God. You should try it. You should try uh, it. Cause yeah. I was like, at the time I was pretty fast and I was like, you know, I can drink beer like really fast. Like, you know, we would go out after running crew on Thursday nights and we'd go to the bar and I would drink, you know, one beer for everyone else like two beers. Like I could drink beer pretty fast, but the beer mile like chugging and then running and then chugging. It's like a totally, oh. totally different ballgame. You
1: can feel my stomach already. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How, how do you go about getting like permits for that? Uh, I know other people have ran into problems trying to host a beer mile with um, in other states where they need alcohol licenses and insurance and all this other stuff. Is there any yes. logistics that have to go into that?
2: Um, yeah. So the where, the where we host the beer mile is on county property. It's actually like in the center of Cody, but it's on this like little uh, – piece of property in the middle of town that's like owned by the county so it's park county which um I, it's too public but they're like super lax um i think i pay like 60 bucks to rent the space for the night and wow. and uh and then I get insurance through my local insurance carrier and I get insurance that covers spectators and I pay a little bit more. A lot of insurance policies don't cover like participants for sporting events. They just cover spectators, which kind of boggles my mind. So I pay a little bit more, a lot more to cover participants <laughs> and spectators. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And then, uh, I get an open container permit from the city. Um, cody i hate to say this out loud but cody is you know a small town with not a lot of precedent for these kinds of events um and so the permissions and the cost that i uh pay to run these events and like have alcohol and stuff is is pretty minimal compared to a lot of places i think
1: that's awesome do you supply the beer are they brewing their own beer
2: so melvin brewing out of alpine wyoming um They are my 2022, this is their second year being my like full event sponsor. So Melvin Brewing provides all the beer for all of my events, um, including the beer mile. So this year, the beer mile, the official beer mile beer was Melvin Brewing's Killer Bees Blonde Ale. So they provide the beer for the beer mile. And then, um, yeah.
1: I do like Melvin's beer.
2: Melvin uh, no is good. the best.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really like the four by four.
2: <laughs> oh boy, that one's dangerous. The guy's a teenager trying to get me to do a two by four mile, and I just oh. feel like that might be a little bit irresponsible. Like I, I don't mind people getting a little bit drunk, but I don't want people to die.
1: <laughs> That's probably a good thing. <laughs> How many participants are have Branda for your mile?
2: So this year, I had um, I think like seventy-five people.
3: Holy cow! Running, <laughs> wow. but
2: not that wasn't the solo mile. So for the solo mile, I had maybe like sixteen to twenty people. And oh, then, did you do team two? And, yeah, so I offer okay. a relay mile, so you can be a team of four which is much more uh, manageable for most people yeah. and it makes it fun. I have people dress up and uh, make it like super fun. So, yeah.
1: Is that a national beer mile race?
2: So uh, the relay is not official. So the beermile.com, um, I've uploaded my results to that website, but you have to kind of be like official beer mile solo to be considered for that so
3: okay
1: nice yeah then i see this uh you do some mountain bike races also gravel
2: um yeah so gravel so <clears throat> i'm a co-owner of a director of the fistful of dirt gravel bike race here in cody and that was started back in 2020 was the first year covid the COVID year was our first year for that bike race. And I started that race with, um, my sister-in-law who is really involved with Park County Youth Cycling, um, here in Cody. And then also the other partner is Chris Guire, at Joy Vaughan. He owns the bike shop, Joy Vaughan in town. So the three of us are partners in this race and, <clears throat> twenty twenty was our first year, and we actually had some amazing success that year because Peter Setna, who is like a pro, he he's an ex world tour rider. Um, he did Tour de France. He's done a lot of like he was a big time road racer. Um, but now he's turned gravel. and in 2020 when all the other races were getting canceled, he somehow happened to see our race and came. Um, along with Kathy Pruitt, who is a downhill mountain biking, like phenomenon. Um, and now also turned gravel racing, gravel biking. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been awesome. And this is our third year and, um, yeah, we're just growing and, and, uh, we have an amazing course that includes, bor land that you can't access by vehicle and then also we've got hoodoo private land that is like iconic like wyoming ranch land that we have special permission to use so you're not gonna see any of that without doing the race which is pretty awesome how far is the race um So there's three distances. There's 22 miles, 65, and 105. 105? Wow. Yeah, the good, the bad, and the ugly.
0: The good, the bad. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> what time of the year does that one run?
2: So that is September. This year is September 3rd, which is Saturday. So about a month away from today.
0: Oh, cool. So you're able to hold that first one in
1: 2020 during COVID
2: yeah it was kind of yeah it was touchy it was hit or miss but uh we got her done and um you know people were really itching to to do stuff which um and you know I feel like being an outdoor event and whether it's running or biking like it's it's pretty safe and we took a lot of precautions with aid stations and all that good stuff so
1: interesting how many participants did you know
2: the first well, three year, had, races. yeah. The first year we had about 150. Last year we had about 250. So this year we'll kind of see hopefully 250 plus.
1: Nice. How many stations are there?
2: So for the 100 miler, there are about nine, I think.
1: How fast are these people finishing the 100 miler?
2: So the cutoff time is 12 hours, so 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for the 100 miler. Um, We've had people coming in like in the 11th hour. I don't think we've had anyone in like the 12th hour. So it's pretty attainable. I think it. I want to say it's like 5,600 feet of climbing. Um, The hard part about this race is like a lot of the climbing and the hard stuff is in the very end of the race. So
1: (laughs) That makes it fun. Yeah. Yep. What other races do you direct?
2: So I do um I have a couple trail races in town. I do the hunt, which is uh it's been in April. This next year it's gonna be in March due to uh eagle nesting and stuff with the BLM, working with the BLM to kind of share the land. So that'll be March. And that is actually this year, we had the first, uh, 50 K the first ultra marathon in Cody, I think ever that I'm aware of. Um, so next year the hunt will be in March, March 18th. And then I also host a trail race called the Mac, the Matizzi Absorca challenge, which, um, is the last weekend okay don't laugh, don't laugh.
0: <laughs> so when we were when we were crewing out at uh the crazy mountain ultra this is where we met janie she said that word about seven times in one sentence
3: Which
0: word? It, i don't know the mac or the mac or whatever you say however you say it. no clue what you were talking about when you No clue it. what she was talking about she just kept saying mac or whatever it was and we we're like what is that i still don't know what it is to be honest with you but i know it's a yeah, race it but <laughs>
2: So, Matitzi
0: is a town in Wyoming. <laughs> oh, well, that clarifies a lot. Thanks.
2: <laughs> so, it's a town in Wyoming. So, the Matitzi Absorger Challenge. So, Matitzi is the town in Wyoming. The Absorcas are the mountain range that are like between and around Cody and Matitzi. So,
0: got it. And there you go. So let's have a Mac. We got started.
2: Yeah, so the Mac was actually originally started by the Matinee Recreation District. Um, the guy that used to be the director there, he started this race, and it is like, what was that?
0: Sorry, my wife smoked some meat, and she brought me a piece, and it was amazing. So, <laughs> <That>
3: was amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she's all excited that she made it, and tastes really good. Sorry. <laughs>
1: Jenny, what was your 50 K called again?
2: again? Oh, so the 50 K is the hunt, the hunt trail race,
1: the hunt trail race.
2: Yep. And so the hunt has a 50 K, um, a 16 mile and a 10 K.
1: So all you ultra runners want to get a
0: running Cody, go check it out. Hell yeah. 50 K, how many uh, feet of elevation?
2: Oh gosh, for the fifty k, I think it's like close to three thousand feet of climbing. That's
0: respectable, yeah.
2: It's um, I get I get cussed a lot because like for the sixteen miler and the fifty k, it's like this one ridge line, and you're just like climbing it like five to ten times, and on multiple sides and trails. Like it looks different every time, but you're climbing the same freaking. So it's it's kind of shitty
1: <laughs> is it like an on back or is it just all
2: over the ridge no it's all over the ridge yeah okay it's, yep each time you climb it it's a different climb and and the the next one is shittier than the last so
0: i feel like you're gonna say that an ultra runner's gonna be like man that sounds like a great race
2: yeah i That's feel I
0: like
2: <laughs> I mean, <in> ultra <laughs> you're looking for like shitty like embracing this up right yeah like, yeah.
1: For me, the I wouldn't say the shittier, but the harder the race, the easier to concentrate on the the goal. Mm-hmm. Those flat races just aren't good for me.
2: Yeah, no, I feel like flat is. Ugh. I mean, some people like it. It is torturous, and I'm the same way. Like I excel with like the shit like the shit the shitty shit because i'm not a fast runner but i can uh push through the hard stuff so to me it kind of evens out the playing field
0: (laughs) i keep going out and doing these hard races and like i feel like the next one is harder than the last one i just did and i just i keep like i'm making through him but i just barely just getting by i'm like what am i doing to myself and then i just sign up for another one that's even more harder and i'm just like all right well let's see what happens
2: yes yes so, yeah,
0: i don't I know don't go the other direction. just glutton for punishment <laughs> no i don't want to go in the other direction because then i would just be like i don't know i'd probably fail at that too i'd find a way to fail at that too <laughs> <laughs> i think that's why we do all this crazy stuff is that I know. i know figure I stuff out it. i love it
1: so what's the winter brew fest?
2: <clears throat> so the winter brew fest is, um, it's just a beer festival. I have a lot of people, a lot of people that do my races emailing me, like, is, is there like a run? Like, do you run around the building? Like while you drink beer and, but no, it's just a beer festival. It's a Santa con beer festival. So it's Santa con themed. So everyone, all attendees are encouraged to dress like Santa or some other like festive, uh, costume or outfit and it's yeah we have uh 15 plus breweries that come give or take and we have got games we have sign holding contests which are super popular and competitive and we have caroling and we We gotta stop
0: right for a second we have sign holding contest
2: Sign sign holding like oh,
0: sign. I thought you said sign <laughs> I you I'm said like, sign too. I was like huh. Oh. People out there with like you only have one mile left to go. Like I fucking hate those people. <laughs> I thought that's what you said, sign holding contest. I'm like, I can sign all day, sign me up. <laughs> You're almost there. <laughs> oh sorry. I was in the drainer on that. Oh, one. you can hold the siren. Have you kissed an Ultra
1: Runner lately? Yeah.
2: <laughs> you don't want to. Let me um. cut to the chaser. <laughs> yeah, so Stein holding. Stein. So I've oh, got I these like big, I should have brought one downstairs, but they're like these big 32 ounce glass Stein mugs, and we fill them with water, and people, you have to hold them out like this and it's just like how long like you she's hold just them. holding
0: her arm straight out but
2: yeah
0: like a front delt race no one's going to be able to see you no. on a podcast I'm
2: glad that, <laughs> I didn't to do it on Zoom right now i'm glad you know i'm not going to be on youtube but oh, yes yeah. i'm holding my arm straight out you have to like have your elbow locked it's a 32 ounce glass mug full of water it is it's uh it gets super competitive like we i had my husband like almost had to break up some fights like it gets a little bit out of control i mean you get a lot of people like drinking a lot of beer so i was
1: gonna say there's beer involved in competition
2: yep exactly exactly
1: how long does the beer fest like duration wise
2: so it's from like four to eight so four hours Mm -hmm. you get like uh when you come when you buy your ticket you get like a Five ounce tasting glass with a santa con uh, um logo on it, and you get to just taste beer all night long as much as you want, and yeah, there's food trucks and the games caroling. And then I also do a raffle with some prizes um, that all the proceeds from the raffle go to downrange warriors, which is a veterans, a local veterans group in town. So 100% of those profits go towards uh, downrange warriors. Last year, we raised $3,700. So that was pretty exciting.
0: And that's That's awesome. What uh, downrange warriors? What is that? I've never heard of that organization before.
2: So it's a local organization and it's just for veteran local veterans here in the Cody and Bighorn Basin area. And basically they, they have like um, classes, therapy, um, they provide opportunities for vets to like get outside and, and do things like um, hunting um, viewing wildlife they just provide a lot of opportunities for veterans who are struggling you know with pts they call it pts post-traumatic stress rather than post-traumatic stress disorder because it's you know post-traumatic stress like is its own thing it's you know um so it's just a, a group that yeah, supports our local veterans. And 100 percent of the money for dip from downrange warriors here in Cody goes like to our local people, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't I'm not a big fan of when the money leaves the city or the state. Mm-hmm. So when is when go back to that beer fest? When is it?
2: So the Santa Brewfest Brew is the Saturday before Christmas. So this year it's gonna be December 17th.
1: I'm right, gonna have not to mark that down on my calendar.
2: Heck
1: yeah. <laughs> to be- zoom some bears for Justin. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, you gotta get your Santa suit ready too.
0: I've been the frozen tundra. You gotta get what? Gotta get- you say Santa suit.
2: Yeah, you gotta get your Santa suit ready.
0: <laughs> Bro, I have the sweetest Santa suit. It's shorts and a cutoff running Santa suit.
2: Yes.
0: So, you could go out to Cody, Wyoming, December 17th in a running Santa outfit. Uh, that sounds amazing. Good luck. I better be drinking a lot of beer to stay warm. It's probably something heavier than beer.
2: You won't, even, you won't even
3: notice
0: it. Oh, my gosh. So, do you have any
1: future plans in restricting? You want to start any new races? Maybe buy some races?
2: Yeah, so I was approached um by a local brewery, a new local brewery in town, the Cody Craft Brewing, to do like a they wanted to kind of host a race and um so I'm I just put a proposal into the city for like a turkey trot type race, um starting and ending at the brewery and um Yeah, because Cody doesn't have a turkey trot right now. So again, like it's such a good community and there's a lot of community events, but there's not, there's just, there's a lot of need for, for things like that. So, uh, so yeah, so that's kind of on the horizon, a turkey trot race with the brewery in town. And then, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I always have people kind of talking to me about like, Hey, you know, you should do this. Um, you know, this would be a great mountain biking race, or this would be a great, you know, whatever. So yeah.
0: Any aspirations to do like a, a big ultra hundred miler?
2: <laughs> yeah. So I've actually talked with the race director up at red lodge from red lodge events, Kristen Holland, shout out. She is fucking amazing um she and i have talked about doing like a 50 miler because like as the crow flies from cody to red lodge is about 50 miles and there's some great like trails and might include some private property so we kind of have to explore that but yeah i am definitely down to like expand the mileage and the repertoire with that um my husband has told me he will divorce me if I do anything on the south fork because that's where we live and this is like his backyard and he doesn't want people here but <laughs> <laughs> um I have to find yeah land other than the south fork to expand the the races in the distance. So. What what
0: is the south fork?
2: Um it's located at the head of Nanya, aka Nanya Business Creek. <laughs>
0: mm. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> okay <laughs>
2: um, So the south fork is the south fork of the shoshone is a river that flows into the yellowstone so when you're in cody and you're heading west towards yellowstone like right before you get into the canyon there's a turn to the south um, that takes you up the south fork road and that's where we live and work um, it's a dead-end road we live about 40 miles up the road 35 miles up the road about an hour from Cody and it's just like some of the most beautiful land you will ever see.
1: So we got in the middle of nowhere?
2: Pretty much, yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: What's the closest grocery store? Cody?
2: Um yeah, Cody. So like 45 minutes to an hour.
1: So don't forget anything on the way home.
2: Pretty much, no.
1: <laughs> no beer runs.
2: <laughs> no, no. You, if you don't get it, you are you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome. I heard something about an ice climbing deal.
2: <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, so the so I was I've been hired on to be the director for the Wyoming Ice Festival, which is an ice climbing festival here. And um Cody had an ice climbing festival for a lot of years, like maybe 10 plus years, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, it was the Cody Ice Fest. And it uh, kind of deteriorated um as the years went on, and um the last it was yeah. So, anyways, this new guy, Aaron Mulkey, who owns Cold Fear, who is he's a professional ice climber. He also has a full-time job um, outside of ice climbing. Um, he bought the Cody Ice Fest from a couple different, it went through a couple different hands. He bought it. He kind of let it sit for a couple years, and then he rebirthed it and is revamping it as the Wyoming Ice Festival. <clears throat> And uh, yeah, so that's happening January 5th through the 8th in 2023. And the South Fork, where I live, um, the South Fork Valley is one of the best places in the world for ice climbing. It has one of the, if not the highest concentration of waterfalls that freeze in the wintertime. So it's like uh, it's like the ice climbers playground in the wintertime, but it's um, also kind of an advanced area. So you have to be pretty good. The approaches are pretty long. Um, <clears throat> so it's a little bit intimidating for a lot of people. So I think the ice festival is gonna be a great introduction for a lot of people, a great way for a lot of people, whether you're beginner or advanced to come and experience um, ice in Wyoming. So, yeah.
1: So how does, how does that competition work? Is it like the fastest to the top or who picks the so, hardest line?
2: So it's actually not a competition. It's just okay. a festival and we're going to have clinics. And a lot of ice climbing um, festivals have clinics that are like eight or six people on one guide. So it's kind of like a class. Ours is going to be a little bit more unique because the South Fork Valley is a little bit more limited and the um, areas are a little bit harder to get to and they're a little bit smaller belay areas um a lot of our clinics are going to be two-on-one so it's going to be like private basically like a private uh ice climbing guided ice climbing session so um so yeah no competitions it's just going to be like going out climbing with a guide. We'll have some that are like six-on-one clinics where you can learn skills, Um, but yeah, it's mostly like a skill learning um, event for people.
1: That's awesome. I didn't know uh, Cody, Wyoming was big in ice climbing.
2: Yeah, it is like uh, one of the best places in the world. And it's funny, like living up here, I've lived up here for 15 years. And actually, the very first year that I moved here in 07, uh, there was a guy, Kenny Gash, that did a lot of ice climbing in town. And he had a hostel up here like a mile from my house. And so I actually got work cleaning the hostel for him. And, uh, it was, a uh, this ranch that the water had froze. So I had to haul like water in my little, like tiny Toyota echo and like flush the toilets with this like water that I hauled in. and <laughs> um, Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, so he took me ice climbing. It was, it was pretty awesome, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge thing here and it's, um, there's not a ton of people that necessarily do it here because it is so hard and it's um it's not like Ure where there's like a an ice climbing park like right in town. It's you know, you have to you have to really work for it.
1: So. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up because I mean, you know, living in Colorado, everyone talked about Ure in the wintertime. Yeah. And I saw all pictures of it and it's just like you said, you just walk up to it and yeah. there's your waterfalls that are all frozen.
2: Yeah, and youray is all farmed ice. So like I went to the a Festival this past year and you know, it's um like you're in Yurae, like you're walking downtown, going to the bars and you look up and you can actually see the ice park from town, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is freaking awesome and it's all farmed ice. They have pipes and ir- they irrigate it every single night like when it's below a certain temp, they irrigate it and the ice freezes and Um, they create all of the structures that they have. So it's, it's an amazing resource for that town and for that festival and for, you know, lots of climbing opportunities there. But yeah, um, Cody is, I mean, it's the wild west. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's no farmed ice out here.
1: (laughs) I didn't know uh, you are a farmed ice.
2: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I have a question. Um, So you, you race direct a beer festival, a beer mile, uh, multiple runs, half marathon road runs, 50 K trail runs, looking into 50 mile trail run, bike races, ice festivals. Is it all kind of ran the same way or do you have to get like special permissions to do this insurance for that? Is it, I mean, I don't know from from a dumbed down perspective kind of explain it to to us about like is it just managing you know managing an event in general or does each one have a particular thing you have to do
2: yeah um that's a good question i mean pretty much all my events are different and run differently, um, the running events. So like Buffalo Bill, Cody, half and 10 K the hunt trail race and the Mac mountain run are all running events and they can all like, I can get insurance through like USA track and field, which is super convenient, super nice, super affordable. Um, but I have to do it separately for all three, but like the Cody beer mile is like its own category with insurance and it's way more expensive. I have to go through a different company. Um, and then like permitting, you know, every, uh, agency is different and like, depending on the race. So like the Buffalo Bill Cody Half and 10 K, which is the road race in town. It's pretty much just the city that I have to go through permits for, but then for all my other, like for the bike race, I had to go, the bike race is actually like the biggest pain in the butt because there's the city, the BLM, the BOR, Bureau of Reclamation, um, the county, And the state, I have to get permits from like five different governing organizations. So yeah, so basically, like each event is kind of its own thing. And I have to go through, you know, whatever uh, hoops for each one. Um, The BLM is nice because they do offer me like 10 year permits for each race. But if I start a new one, I have to go through the whole process again. So Yeah. Each race is kind of its own thing. Um, and like with the city, um, I have to, every year I have to go to city council and ask for permission to like close these same roads or get police support for, you know, these same spots. So, and I kind of, um, have learned the hard way, like with the forest service, they have deadlines and they are very strict. So, (laughs) uh, if you mess it up or you miss a deadline, like you better find a new course, and I've done that before. So. Oh wow,
0: that's cool. That's super cool.
1: So, how did you navigate through all these issues? I mean, being a setting up new events, how how were they presented, and how did you get through them?
2: Um. So the first thing I do, like with a new event, is I I find a route. And when I look at the route, I look at like, who are the property owners? So is it like city, is it city and BLM, um, you know, all the different like property owners for the race. And then I just, uh, go to those people and say like, okay, what's required? Like, what do I need and kind of proceed from there? So
1: so. nice. I know a lot of race directors in Colorado that the, the forest service In the cities and the counties, they're not easy to deal with, and they won't help you at all. Pretty much, they want you to just come in with everything written down,
0: and this is what we're doing. I think it's kind of the same way here too. I think it's it's getting easier, but I think it's kind of a pain locally here.
1: So it's good to hear that you know you've had to go through some first steps and get stuff set up without knowing what to do. (laughs) (laughs) For any of those other race directors or people trying to get going, I mean. There isn't a race clinic out there I don't know of.
2: Yeah. And like, I think I've been super lucky because, um, like Cody is a small town the community is small and like the County and the governing agencies like nearby, there's not a lot of precedent for these types of events. So I'm kind of the first person, which, um, means that they're like very accepting, they're forgiving and they're super accepting. Like they're making money off of me, um, with minimal work and, you know, they are like, super overload, like the government agencies, obviously like are busy and overloaded with their own stuff, but they, um, you know, I'm the only one doing this right now. So knock on wood, hopefully I continue to be one of the only people, but, um, there's not a lot of precedent for what I'm doing. Uh, so I'm kind of having to figure it out as I go along, but also, um, there's not a lot of high fees and, you know competition and like hoops to jump through, which I'm super thankful for. And like the city of Cody, I have to say are amazing and they have been super great to work with and they just, uh, yeah, they just are super good.
1: It's good to hear. All right, we're coming up on an hour, so where can we find you at? Where can we find your races? Anything Anything you want to tell us? Open forum, it's all yours.
2: Okay, yeah. So, uh run sorry. Um that's kind of the main website. Um for all my events, CodySantaCon.com is the Brewfest website and Fistful of dirt.com is the bike race website.
1: Nice. Anything else you want to
2: tell us? Oh, man, I'm just uh, super thankful you guys had me on. I appreciate it.
1: Well, appreciate you coming on. It was a great conversation. Absolutely. So one last question I want to ask is, who should we interview next or have on our podcast?
2: Oh, gosh. <clears throat> oh, man. You named
0: off like 45 people while you were out right here. Somebody's got to have a cool story that we want to, we want to highlight.
2: Wait, I named off Who?
0: You, I said you I named off about people. 45 people while you're on. So there's gotta be somebody that has a cool story.
2: <laughs> oh shit. I don't know. I don't even remember who I named off now. <laughs> 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 um oh shit. Yeah, I don't know. Um I'm sorry. I don't know. No, that's all right. We can oh, think well, about it and know. get back to us. I know. I know. So the um, this podcast that I listen to, they're based out of the pro agency in Montana. Gas Cap, uh, Gas Cap Renegades is their group, and their podcast is Trailcast.
1: Okay. Gas Cap Renegades.
2: Yeah, Gas Cap Renegades.
1: Okay. Oh, cap. Yeah.
2: And uh, actually, the two guys, the two hosts, Jason and Levi, they both. Uh, ran the crazy mountain ultra they didn't finish but they were both there and then they have been interviewing people that uh, ran it and finished it the last couple weeks so but they're just their podcast is so fun and uh yeah they're just a good group of guys
0: perfect we'll look them
1: up yeah well thanks for coming on we really appreciate it
2: thank you guys i appreciate you
0: Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. We, uh, we enjoyed the conversation. So hopefully uh, go check out her races. Um, They sound like a lot of fun. I think that uh, that hundred mile gravel grinder sounds super fun. Um, Get on there, try it out. So thanks again.
1: Thank you for listening. This podcast has been produced and edited by Backbeat Sound. Come and find us on Instagram at backbeatsound1776 or email us at backbeatsound1776 at gmail.com.